And hello, everyone, and welcome to our program, The Truth Will Set You Free, Bible Prophecy TV Radio Edition. I'm Vic Batista, along with my co-host, Nathan Jones, and we're transmitting live from our station. We thank you for being part of our program today as we're going to continue in our series, Agents of Darkness, as we talk about today, The Fallen Ones. And of course, we want to encourage you to get your Bibles ready and follow along to this audio cast. It's going to be a fantastic program. But before we continue, I'm going to ask my co-host, Nathan, if he will open us up with a word of prayer. Lord Jesus, we thank you. So much for this uh, passages that you've given us to discuss today. We pray for everybody tuned in, Lord, that you'll help us grow in our relationship with you and our understanding of you and marvel at your great works. We thank you, Lord, that you keep evil at bay and will defeat evil one day. And uh, we thank you for your promises in your precious and wonderful name. Amen. Amen. Thank you, Nathan. Again, you're tuning into the Truth Will Set You Free Bible Prophets TV Radio Edition. As we're talking about agents of darkness, uh, the fallen ones. So we thank you for being part of our program. And before we continue, I'm going to welcome my co-host, Nathan Jones. Nathan, it's great to have you on the program. Great to be on, brother. I'm excited about the topics we've been covering. They're fascinating. Oh, praise the Lord, Nathan. And it's great to have you on us. As the Lord continues to open up scriptures to us, it's just, Nathan, that we are in a real battle and oftentimes people don't seem to recognize that uh, all around us, there are these wars that are being being waged uh, here on this earth. And uh, just uh, ever since the existence of the earth, there just have been wars uh, from the beginning up to now. And uh, people need to recognize, well, what is behind all this? When we turn on the news, sometimes, you know, what we seem to look like as the enemy are individuals from uh, different countries, uh, let's say presidents or leaders, but you and I know that there's a spiritual string behind what we see in the physical. And uh, that was what Nathan brought our attention last week as we were looking at Revelation chapter 12, talking about our program uh, that we titled Dragon's Fire. Uh, But Nathan, before we jump into the next segment of our series, I just want individuals to be able to uh, uh, get a hold of you guys and your ministry and what you're involved in. So in case individuals want to grow more in this uh, topics and also um, uh, 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 series that we are talking about, uh, they can also learn a little bit about what you're involved in. Well, certainly, if you want to follow along, the truth will set you free. Obviously, uh, Vic's got his website at twave.tv. And you can find uh, all these recordings along with our television show, Christ and Prophecy, and a wealth of information on our ministry at Lamb and Lion Ministries website, which is uh, christandprophecy.org. There on christandprophecy.org, you sign up for our newsletter, connect with social groups to discuss Bible prophecy. We have the blog, the truth, uh, excuse me, uh, uh, the Christ and Prophecy Journal. And we have quite a number of other resources. Uh, So check us out. We, of course, podcast these. uh, Vic does through... Uh, Facebook and Twitter, and I also through uh, our own Christ and Prophecy Facebook group. And we just hope people uh, will get excited about the return of Jesus Christ. That's why Lamb and Lion Ministries exists. It's to proclaim the soon return of Jesus Christ. It should get us excited that our Lord and Savior is coming back soon. Thank you so much, Nathan Jones. And yes, just to our viewers and listeners, uh, those of you that are catching this audio cast, again, just wonderful information and resources uh, for you to grow in the knowledge of eschatology and biblical prophecy. And of course, you can always get a hold of us at 305-992-9537 for more information. But again, we want to encourage you to grab your Bibles and follow along with us and turn with us to a number of passages, a few books that we would love for you to uh, uh, maybe um, put a marker on. Of course, Revelation 12. Genesis 6, 2 Peter 2, 
uh, in Revelation 9, uh, as we are going to continue in this next series, uh, Agents of Darkness, uh, the Fallen Ones. Uh, so Nathan, again, just a, a wonderful passage. Last week, you introduced us to us in Revelation 12, and we talked about the head of these agents of darkness, and he is that dragon, if you will. But then, Nathan, one thing that caught my attention that you mentioned was that this dragon, uh, there was a war. And uh, when this war took place, we noticed that this dragon, along with his co-host, in a sense, were, were kicked out of heaven. And Nathan, would you be able to refresh our memory there in Revelation chapter 12, as we were looking at verses um, 1 and 2, as we opened up verses 3 and 4, uh, a, a little bit, just what was going on there. And maybe if you can also reread for us verses three and four Revelation, in case someone wasn't part of the program last week, so they can sort of get an idea of what's going on here. Oh, certainly. Okay, well, Revelation 12 is called the great sign. Some people call it the revelation sign. It's in widely interpreted in various ways, not doctrinally sound. You have to actually take the meaning from the Bible. Uh, a lot of symbols here, and the Bible explains the symbols so there's no reason to run off to you know, new age gurus and chase down the, the Mandela effect or anything like that. <laughs> Just read the Bible as it is. And Revelation 12 uh, talks, John says, there's a great sign appeared in heaven, a woman clothed with the sun, with the moon under her feet, and on her head a garland of 12 stars. Then being with child, she cried out in labor and in pain to give birth. And another sign appeared in heaven, behold, a great fiery red dragon having seven heads and 10 horns and seven diadems on his heads. His tail drew a third of the stars of heaven and threw them to the earth. And the dragon stood before the woman who was ready to give birth to devour her child as soon as it was born. And uh, it goes on to say, she bore a male child who was to rule all nations with the rod of iron. Now we know it's Jesus. And her child was caught up to God and his throne. Then the woman fled into the wilderness where she had prepared a place by God that she should be feed her there 1,260 days. Nathan, and you know, that that's right there is a wonderful passage. Verses 3 and 4 talks to us about this tale that brought down one-third of these followers, if you will, of this uh, dragon. And, and then verses 7 and 9, Nathan, can you also read those two verses for us, 7 through 9 of Revelation 12, so that individuals can also see uh, the, the rest of this passage story? Right. Uh, good point. A war broke out in heaven, and Michael and his angels fought with the dragon, and the dragon and his angels fought but they did not prevail, nor was a place found for them in heaven any longer. So the great dragon was cast out, that serpent of old called the devil and Satan, who deceives the whole world. He was cast to the earth, and his angels were cast out with him. Well, here, like you said, the uh, the Bible explains what these symbols are, These the sign in heaven. We know the child is Jesus. Uh, the symbol of the woman with the sun and the moon in her feet and the garland of 12 stars, that was Joseph's dream. That's Israel. So Israel is the woman. Well, now we know what the dragon is. It says verse uh, 7 and 8, the dragon is Satan. And who did he cast out? A third of the stars. Well, those third were the rebelling angels who tried to overthrow God's throne. Therefore, we know they are the demons. So Satan and the demons being cast out of heaven. This is a look back into before the fall. When, at, when Satan led a rebellion, he encouraged a third of the angels to join with him and overthrow God and take God's throne and take God's worship. Obviously, it failed. Michael the archangel led God's righteous angels against Satan. It also refers to the future during the seven-year tribulation time period. Well, Satan will try one more time to overthrow heaven, but again, he will lose and will be cast out of heaven 
and back down to the earth, and knowing his time is short, like a roaring, raging dragon, he will scour the earth, seeking whom he may devour. Nathan, you know, I thank you for bringing us. I mean, you took us way back into the past, past before our past, if you would. <laughs> yeah. it, you know, it really shows how this battle has been raging on for a long time, because not only did you take us to that past, but then you brought us further. And, and we find, Nathan, that in Genesis chapter three, all of a sudden we have this appearing, right, uh, of Satan as a serpent. Uh, and then we, we get into Genesis chapter six, and then we have another amazing passage in Genesis 6, verses 1 through 4, that talks about the presence of these fallen ones at different time periods, past, present, and future. Can you take us, can you take us to Genesis 6, Nathan, and then we'll talk a little bit about what's going on there as well? Sure. Here, let's go to Genesis 6, and uh, we'll pick up in the story here. It says, Now it came to pass when men began to multiply on the face of the earth, and daughters were born to them that the sons of God saw the daughters of men, and that they were beautiful, and they took wives for themselves of all whom they chose. And the Lord said, Well, my spirit shall not strive with man forever, for he is indeed flesh, yet his days shall be one hundred and twenty years. There were giants on the earth in those days, and also afterwards, when the sons of God came into the daughters of men, and they bore children to them. Those were the mighty men who were of old, men of renown. Nathan, this is a fascinating passage because oftentimes people seem to think that angels or demons are just these spiritual beings uh, that sort of like just uh, out there. But here we're noticing something totally different. Right, right. So let's let's back it up again just to summarize is that Revelation 12 is telling us of the historical fact that Satan, and you can corroborate this with the teachings in Isaiah and other passages, that Satan was the head uh, worshiping angel, he was also the guardian of God's throne. He's the greatest of all creations, the most beautiful of all creations. He was in charge of leading the worship. It says uh, with uh, timbrels and cymbals, he, he actually played instruments and led the angelic worship of God, but he became jealous of God, and then he wanted to overthrow God and set himself up as God. And that's where we get the first sin, the first rebellion against God, and that's pride. He led a third of the angels against God to overthrow the throne, but Michael, the archangel, and the, the good angels repelled him. Satan was then cast down with his angels to earth. Now, we read here that the angels became disembodied spirits. They lost their bodies. They became spirits of the air. The Bible calls them unclean spirits. And so here before the flood, before God's the earth, that these unclean spirits, these evil spirits, these fallen demons, uh, possessed men. And when they possessed men, they married women and had children with them, and the children became offspring. The demigods that we read about in history, they were the giants of lore. They were the mighty men. They were the heroes of renown, the Bible says. Uh, now, we know that, that the, Jesus taught in Matthew that demons or angels don't have children. They can't procreate. And so, the, obviously, we're not talking about demons having sex with women and having children, we're talking about demons possessing men and having sex and then therefore creating children that are uh, both man and demon, so to speak, but they are still still humans. So we're not they're they're abominations. And again, it's Satan's attempt always to water down the human race, to uh, thwart it and convert it into his own thing. And this is what's leading up to the flood where God decides that he needs to wipe out. Not only sinful mankind, but 
that these abominations that the Nephilim, as they're called, have been created. And Nathan, that's a very good point. And sometimes people wonder, well, where are all these movies coming now, coming from the Titans, right, Nathan and 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 Perry Jackson and all these people make all these incredible. I mean, you look at the 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 movies today uh, with Thor and 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 Marvel and the uh, and the Avengers, right, Nathan? And, and you know, some of these things have ties to the Bible. <laughs> Right, yeah. Percy Jackson is, is a discussion really of the Greek gods. A lot of the pantheon of gods, we think they came out of nowhere, but they're not. They're based a little on truth of the, the stories that survived the flood through Noah and his line. And what it was is they were talking about demigods, is the term that, like Hercules, uh, if you watch that old 90s series, uh, with yeah. Kevin Bow, half god and half men, and that's what they were. Uh, the demons couldn't create children, but through men they created what we call the Nephilim. Now, you hear today people say, oh, you know, there's Nephilim roaming the land. And the word Nephilim is actually used in King David's time to talk about Goliath and other giants. But these giants weren't created by demons cohabitating with women. They were uh, just genetically giants. But at the time, we've got here the time of the old gods, the demigods, the, the, which with the flood totally wiped out. There are no Nephilim roaming around today. There's nothing the Bible supports that. Any belief in Nephilim today is extra biblical. And you and I always believe in teaching straight from the Bible. Absolutely. And, Nathan, and I'm glad we're clarifying and making this, this this a very important point because we're not talking about superstition here. We're not talking about made up. Before the flood, this is what the Bible says. These were the individuals that were roaming the earth. But the problem was, Nathan, that the world became corrupt because of these individuals. Oh, absolutely. That One of the things that God says before he floods the earth in judgment is that, that every thought of mankind was evil. Matter of fact, we read here in verse 3, Genesis 6, 3, that you know the, the humanity, it's not a describable error that mankind was living like Methuselah into the 900s. That's how long mankind lasted. So God cut back the amount of years that people could live to cut back the evil that they could do. And we read here 120 years, and God would later, after the flood, cut back mankind's years down to 100, and then down to 70. If we're lucky to make it to 70 with good health, maybe 80 or more, but that's it. But humanity's original goal was, of course, to live forever. But after the fall, before the flood, mankind lived into the 900s. And God had to stop that because the evil that mankind was doing, and to the point where then he just flooded the earth and rebooted the human race through Noah and his children. Excellent point. And, and Nathan, this is why we're doing this program as we talk about the fallen ones is so that individuals can re recognize that it's a real spiritual battle. These are real angelic beings that are roaming the earth. These are fallen angels. These are demons. They inhabit the bodies of individuals. And Jesus had a lot to say about that, Nathan, right? When we talk, up, when we talk about legion, when we talk about this, in other words, this is all re real and Jesus backed it up by scripture. Absolutely. Jesus, one of the main sections of Jesus' ministry while he was on earth was, was a spiritual warfare. And not only was he giving the gospel, but he was also fighting Satan and his forces by casting demons out. And, you know, we don't think much about demon possession today. I think demons get a lot more done by making us disbelieve them in our age than it is to believe them. But you talk with anybody who, who goes to third world animistic countries, and demons are very real to those people. And we in our first world, pass it off as, ah, those people are just superstitious. But, uh, brother, I've had talked to missionaries who have come back from these worlds who have seen demon-possessed people. And 
miraculous things like uh, people being pulled off of their beds and tossed around like a rabbit amongst the dogs of speaking in other voices and having super strength and whole villages terrified by their witch doctors and shamans and how the gospel comes and frees these people of this demonic oppression. Demons are very real. The Bible that mixes no words about the fact that there are Satan and his demons are very real. They're disembodied spirits and they go around seeking to possess willing people who are willing to take them. And this is a kind of a shows what the, the, what the people were like during the pre-flood times, how evil they were, because you can't just get possessed by a spirit. You have to open yourself up to spiritism, which showed that the demon worship was very, very prevalent in the pre-flood times. These people were opening themselves up to demon possession and then to creating this, this Nephilim race, this unholy race of, of demigods, which God then, of course, as I said, wiped out during the flood. Nathan, and you made a good point, you know, talking about opening up, opening portals, dabbling with things that we have no sense messing around with. We have people today, uh, again, summoning these spirits through Ouija boards and through drug use and alcohol and, and all these things. And this is part of what these agents of darkness uh, are doing. This is what we're talking about. This is what these fallen ones are. This is the reality of what's happening today. Well, Paul warned Timothy in 2 Timothy 1 that in the end times, people would fall to the doctrine of demons, the teachings of demons. And we see that not only in the false religions of the world but and the cults of the world, but the apostasy that you see growing in the church today. People are falling for the lies of Satan instead of sticking to God's word in the Bible, which is the truth. And they do that because they, their ears are tickled. They want to believe that. They, I, you know, I used to a job a long time ago. At a bank, I used to work with a woman who was a self-proclaimed witch. She didn't have much power. Her only power, she said, was to change the traffic lights in her favor to green. And I'd ask her, I said, you're willing to sell your soul to Satan to change traffic lights? And, <laughs> but it, when I lived in Delaware at the time, Wiccanism was, was pretty prevalent there. And, uh, wow. and a lot of these people are willing to sacrifice their souls for the stupidest of things. And I'm going to say it, the stupidest of things. And one lady said she got a good parking spot all the time, or she felt like they, the, the demons, or the, the, they called them the ancients, gave them power in their life. But it's not power, it's slavery. So messing with the occult is very, very dangerous. I, I worked with another woman who gotten saved, and she was in the New Age for many years before she got saved. And they would hold seances, and they would experience, and this was hard for me to believe until a strong Christian woman told me that she experienced this. But out-of-body experiences, they would leave their bodies and travel. And when uh, what terrified her out of the New Age into Christianity is that when she returned to her body, she found an evil spirit in her body waiting to control it. And once she got control of her body again, she said, that's it. I'm giving up the occult. I'm running to Jesus Christ and his protection. I'm getting saved. Oh. And brother, I wouldn't have believed that story unless a strong Christian woman didn't tell me that that had happened to her. Oh, praise the Lord. Wow, Nathan, that actually sends a little bit of shivers down my spine because, I mean, you're just telling me the story, but we believe this is true. This is what the Bible talks about, and people have no idea what they're dabbling with. And we believe much of the problems that we see today in the news, these hideous crimes, it has to do with these fallen ones, demon possessions, these agents of darkness running havoc on people because they don't have the Holy Spirit living in them. You bring up a good point because there are Christians who are scared of being possessed by demons. And, and we are promised that the Holy Spirit's residing in us. If you are saved, that means the Holy Spirit, God's Spirit, lives in you. You cannot be possessed. You can be 
oppressed by dabbling in things that are unbiblical, uh, getting involved in pornography and the occult and filling your life with evil, yeah, Satan's going to oppress you, certainly, but not possess you. So if you are do not have Jesus Christ as your Savior, the Holy Spirit doesn't live in you, and you are at risk for demonic possession. Nathan, and that's this is why this program is so crucial. Anyone that is tuned in, we would love for you to forward this program to others so that they will be set free, so that they will recognize the reality of what's really going on around us. God has a beautiful and wonderful plan for you, for the believers, for the Christians, but it does have to be in a relationship with Jesus. And the reality is anyone that rejects Jesus, they're opening themselves up for the attacks of these spiritual demonic uh, influences. And, and Nathan, uh, we, we find again that, again, this has happened, this has been going on uh, for thousands of years, past, present, future. Yet the Bible talks to us about how God is going to deal with these spirits. Can you take us to 2 Peter chapter 2, Nathan, verses 4 through 6, so that we can also continue to see the reality of how this has progressed through time? Uh, certainly. Uh, 2 Peter 2, 4 through 6 says, For if God did not spare the angels who sinned, but cast them down to, the words Tartarus, and deliver them into chains of darkness to be reserved for judgment, and did not spare the angel world, but saved Noah, one of eight people, a preacher of righteousness, bringing in the flood on the world of the ungodly, and turning the cities of Sodom and Gomorrah into ashes, condemning them to destruction, making them an example to those who afterwardly would live ungodly. Mm. And Nathan, here we tie uh, the past with the future, and there we're talking about the flood and the spiritual demonic battle that was taking place. Uh, and yet we see that at the end, uh, God is more powerful. His angels are more powerful than these fallen demons. And, and we see their end. Uh, we see the reality also of what was happening in the time of Noah, in the time of Lot, and why that current, that, that world had to come to an end, in a sense, to start things over again. Yeah, the world had just gotten too evil and too corrupt, and God promised that he would destroy it by a flood, but never again by water. But he did promise he will destroy it again by the 21 judgments of Revelation and then again by fire. So there is actually two more judgments upon the world coming. We have the uh, judgments leading up to the Millennial Kingdom, and then one last great rebellion by Satan and those born during the Millennial Kingdom It'll be a judgment by fire, and that judgment by fire will burn up the earth and create a new earth in which those who are saved throughout history will live with Jesus in the new Jerusalem, a super city, on a new earth. But uh, back to 2 Peter 2, this is where we learn about a second division of angels. We talked about the, the third that were divided out of heaven and followed Satan and fell to the earth, who became disembodied spirits, but there were then those who at the flood were then chained in darkness in a place called Tartarus. It's also called Hades uh, or the bottomless pit. I know we'll get into it probably a little later if there's time, but these demons will eventually be released out of this pit. But they're so bad, so heinous, so evil that God chained them up in darkness until the appointed time when they will be released. So what we have around the earth is a third of the demons that were, were sent down, but of those, we've got those who are disembodied, and of that third, then those who are chained in the bottomless pit waiting for their final release and then judgment. Amazing, amazing. Nathan, and of course, again, for those of you that maybe just tuned into our program, you're tuning into a truth to set you free. 
Bible Prophecy Edition, Dave Batista and Nathan Jones, as we're talking about agents of darkness, uh, the fallen ones, past, present, uh, and future. And Nathan, this is just uh, amazing, phenomenal, the way that we see history play. So Nathan, in other words, so right now, there is, if you will, this jail. God has, in a sense, chained, jailed uh, these uh, spiritual beings because only God can do that for a certain time. And yet what we find in the Bible is that the Bible says that once again, these are going to be released. And can you imagine uh, the, uh, the, the, the force behind uh, when they are finally released, the anger, the devastation that is going to take place upon this earth when these demons are just going to be raining havoc uh, on our world. And yet this is all what the Bible says is coming. Now the good news and there is good news, because Nathan and I always share good news, <laughs> is that with a rapture of the church, we believe, is going to take place, and the believers are going to be snatched up and taken away, and then the floodgates of hell are going to be opened on this earth in that time of the tribulation, and uh, that's what is go we're going to be talking about as we quickly jump to Revelation 9, uh, verses 13 through 17, uh, but the good news for you that are tuned in is if you're a believer in Christ, man, uh, what what wonderful uh, a hope for you, because we believe we're not going to be here for that tribulation time. Right. But after the rapture, the world will experience 21 judgments, seven seal judgments, seven trumpet judgments and seven bowl judgments as they're labeled. The sixth trumpet judgment. So that would be the 13th judgment. Reason the six angels sound and I heard a voice from the four horns of the golden altar, which is before God, saying to the sixth angel, had the trumpet, release the four angels who are bound at the great river Euphrates. So the four angels who were prepared for the hour and day and month and year released to kill a third of mankind. Now, the number of the army of the horsemen, more demons, was 200 million. I heard the number of them. And thus I saw the horses in the vision. Those who sat on them had breastplates of fiery red, hyacinth blue, and sulfur yellow. And the heads of the horses were like the heads of lions, and out of their mouths came fire, smoke, and brimstone. These, Vic, are the demons that have been locked into the pit, the bottomless pit, waiting for their time to be released. And it appears that the entrance to this has to do with this, the Euphrates River in Iraq, that somehow the portal or whatever it is is, is located, unfound somewhere around the Euphrates, according to the Bible here. What will be released are, are these uh, four angels, these generals, and they will command 200 million demons. Uh, they're described like horse creatures or locust creatures who will come out of this pit, torment the world, and kill a third of mankind during that time period. So we're talking about some of the darkest time in human history lies ahead. Mm, Nathan, and you know, today there's also a fascination with opening of portals, and we see so many TVs and programs about portals and leading to the, the different locations due to the Mayan, uh, the Mayans and, or, or Hedgestone, whatever you call all the, all, and there's a fascination with portals, but yet the Bible says, hey, there will be a portal opened up in the time of the tribulation, and this is something that is just uh, amazing what awaits the world. It's shocking to think that we don't think of demons running amok because we don't see them. They're, they're spirit beings. They're interdimensional, you could say. They're outside of our, our line of vision. But during the tribulation, God's going to peel back that veil that keeps us from seeing the demonic world. And they're going to come out full bore, and they're going to be hunters, hunting mankind 
uh, if God didn't step into almost the point of extinction. So uh, the demons aren't our friends. They're not giving us powers or granting people their wishes for the sake of serving them. They're enslaving them to eventually destroy them. And we need to be discerners in this day and realize that Satan's plan is to kill mankind, not help mankind. Mm, excellent point. And Nathan, that's why we... Those of you that are tuning into the program, again, you're tuning into our Truth is Set You Free Bible Prophecy Edition. Big Batista, Nathan Jones, as we're talking about agents of darkness, the fallen ones. And maybe you've been part of the program and you've come to recognize, wow, this is for real. I don't have a relationship with God. I don't want to experience. I don't want to have to go through this. Uh, well, there's good news and there is hope for you. And it's found in a relationship with Jesus Christ. And we want to give you an opportunity right now as our program is going to end in a few minutes to turn to Christ from wherever you are, and you won't have to fear or worry about your future. So Nathan, would you be able to share with that person on the other side, maybe how they can begin that relationship with the Lord so they won't have to fear their future? Well, it begins by surrendering your life to Jesus Christ. So why was Noah saved during the flood? Because he was considered righteous. He had faith in God, and God's righteousness permeated his life. Uh, you too need to be saved from your sins, your rebellion against God. There's no salvation for the angels or the demons and Satan, but there is certainly for humanity because Jesus Christ died on the cross for your sins. And when we put our faith and trust in Jesus Christ as your Savior, the wrath of God moves from you and onto the cross where Jesus was. And we can then claim victory over our rebellion against God, over sin, over our, our death of going to hell, and we can experience eternal life with Jesus Christ. And if you're ready to accept Jesus Christ, your Savior, you know, now's the time. I wouldn't wait any longer. You know, Confess your sins to Jesus Christ. Pray from your heart. Dear Jesus, please forgive me of my sins and be my Lord and Savior. And he promises to do just that. Your sins will be forgiven. The guilt will be gone. You'll be a new creation. And you inherit eternal life with Jesus Christ forever. Mm, excellent news. Thank you so much, Nathan. And hey, if maybe you just accept the Lord, reach out to us, 305-992-9537 or 321-END-TIME, 321-363-8463. Hey, we'd love to give you more information, a Bible, and and uh, help you grow in your relationship with the Lord. And we also would love to celebrate with you. So again, maybe you're tuned into this program via social media. Hey, let us know uh, there as well. And we would love to uh, celebrate with you. The Bible says it's a celebration in heaven every time a person repents and turns to the Lord. So we just want to say congratulations to you. And Nathan, thank you so much for sharing that wonderful news. That is the good news. So, of course, we've come to the end of this segment of the program, but we would encourage you to continue to pray for those that don't know Jesus. Pray uh, for our, our times in which we're living in, for our nation, and that the light of Jesus will open up the, the eyes of those that are in darkness. So, Nathan Jones, we ran out of time for this segment of the program, but like always, it's such a pleasure to have you on the program with me. The time goes by so fast. The pleasure's mine, brother. It sure does. Thank you. And of course, again, Vic Batista and Nathan Jones, we want to thank you for being part of uh, today's uh, program. And even though the program is over, you can always uh, reach out to us. We would love to uh, uh, pray with you, answer any questions that you may have. And uh, of course, we pray that you have a fantastic week and take some time to talk to someone about Jesus. We believe the Lord is coming back very, very soon. And we want as many people to go to heaven with us. So may the Lord bless you and keep you. May his face shine upon you. Have a great week.